Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just, it's been life changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at theoneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. I want to normalise self-doubt so that we're not uh, thinking that when we're doubting ourselves or that when we have those thoughts come up that it actually just means anything more than, yep, I'm a human being and I'm going to have these kinds of thoughts because that's just the way humans are wired. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, the founder of She Leads Live, Aussie and New Zealand's largest women's leadership and empowerment event. I've led government contracts that create national change and have spent over a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences throughout New Zealand, Australia and Southeast Asia. But things have not always been this way. I remember being in a very dark place. I had anorexia, extreme social anxiety and I was addicted to methamphetamine. You can go and check out my rather unflattering journey over on my Insta story highlights at the top of my Insta page at Kate Ruby Aroha. I vividly remember the moment I decided to turn my life around. Since then, step by step, I've continually lifted my vision of what's possible and kept pushing myself to go beyond the fear. One of the things I've learned is that the stuff we tell ourselves in our head, it ain't an accurate reflection of our true capacity. And as women, we can be pretty good at minimizing our power. The reason I do my work is because I see incredible women with so much potential believing the stories that hold them back and I want to change that. Look, I don't know what journey you've been on or what's in your heart that you want to create, but man, I'm bloody glad that you're here. I know the massive potential that's within you, bigger than you could ever dream of. My hope is that these episodes normalize that self-doubt because honestly we all have it and light a freaking fire in your belly taking action and going after your big dreams are you ready let's get into it hey lovely this conversation is for you if you're sitting there and you're not powerfully moving forward in the ways that you have the capacity for and you're kind of spinning your wheels because of this ongoing conversation in your head that you're actually not good enough and that you've got to get it perfect and if you open your mouth and start speaking or if you press play on that thing or if you show up and do the thing that you're not going to get it right and that somehow you're going to muck it up and that 
you have to improve it first or you have to do more research first or you have to like self-doubt is what we're going to be talking about today and one of the things that I am out to do in my all of the work that I do is to actually normalize the experience of self-doubt because it is something that we all experience and the only thing that fucks us up in the head is not the actual self-doubt itself it's the fact that we believe what it's saying to us and because we believe what it's saying to us as a result of that we hold ourselves back from just doing the things that we're actually called to here's what I know is that when we go to do big things, we go to do new things. We go to even just do something meaningful in the moment that's on the path towards that thing that we really want. The self-doubt can come up, and what it has us do, and it's really freaking sneaky, is that it has us um, start to circulate round at that level, kind of like spinning our wheels, I sort of have this image in my head of a car in mud spinning its wheels and actually just going kind of deeper into the mud rather than getting traction forward. And that's what this ongoing self-doubt, if left unchecked, and if we don't know how to deal with it, if we don't, if we can't see it for what it for what it is, and we don't have insight to really go, you know what? Everyone deals with this everyone has self-doubt. I am not and completely not alone. The only thing that this self-doubt tells me is that I'm a human being and I'm freaking alive. Period. But outside of that, like, it's not the truth. It is absolutely, the things that it's telling me is absolutely not the truth of my capacity. So what I've found is that, I mean, I have so much self-doubt. And at times I have anxiety that comes up. And like I said at the, at the beginning of this conversation is that I want to normalize self-doubt. And don't take that out of converse, context. Let me give the context of what I mean. I want to normalize self-doubt so that we are not uh, thinking that when we're doubting ourselves or that when we have those thoughts come up that it actually just means anything more than... Yep, I'm a human being and I'm going to have these kinds of thoughts because that's just the way humans are wired. Or it means that, you know what, I'm playing at my next level. I'm really actually getting in the court and I'm fucking um, showing up in a whole new way and I'm taking on some new things. And I know that when, when, when we do that, the natural reaction of a human being, the way in which humans are wired, is that more self-doubt can flare up in that process of stepping up to my next level. And it's just a part of leveling up. So on the other hand, it's like, fuck yeah, this is such an indicator of me leveling up. And I'm so proud of myself that I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm leveling up and playing courageously, even when I actually feel that self-doubt. 
So yeah, I'm going to, yes, I've got the, the fears on the inside. I've got the feelings in my body of those fears. I've got the stories that are going around in my head um, that are like all based on those fears. And yet I'm doing it anyway. I am showing up anyway. And you know what that means for me? That means that I've got courage. That means that I've got what it takes. Because the only thing that we actually need to have what it takes is courage. And courage is the precipitator. Is that even a word? I didn't pay too much attention in science, but I think that might be the word. (laughs) It's the thing that goes first that causes all of the rest of the stuff. When we've got courage to do the things that we're nudged towards, even when we're afraid, that is what opens the doors for all of the other things to be able to kick in. Courage is doing it even when we're afraid. And I just, you know, wherever you're at in your life and you're listening to this conversation, I just want you to know that whatever doubts are sitting in the back of your mind, or maybe they're even really in the front of your mind and they're kind of smashing you in the face, it is completely and utterly normal to have them there. And they are absolutely zero indication of your strengths, your skills, your capacity, and your capabilities to do big things and create really amazing stuff in this world. I've been speaking now for 10 years. And when I first started speaking, I had small little audiences. And I remember my first workshop, I had four people in my workshop. And I was absolutely terrified of what I was about to do. I remember the week leading into it, I could hardly eat. My stomach was completely and utterly churned up. I had diarrhea. I can't tell you how many times I, the night before I could hardly sleep. And I was just so scared of being in the front of a room with the responsibility of teaching people and of just putting myself out there as a teacher and as some kind of a leader. And it it scared me to my core because, you know, my background is a huge amount of social anxiety. That's where I came from many, many years ago is so socially anxious. And to get to where I am now with speaking in front of a thousand people, it's not that it's been handed to me on a plate. It's not that it's been easy. It's just that at every step of the way, I've been willing to show up anyway and do the thing anyway, even when I'm terrified. And, you know, I remember one particular talk that I did. Oh my God, I just remember this one now. Um, So I went to speak in front of a thousand people and Oh my goodness, this was, I mean, talk about going from four people to a thousand people and you're just not ready for it. (laughs) And it was at a time when I was starting to um, speak publicly, just started, I just started to, not even speak publicly, I had no audience, but I just started to actually say, um, 
look, I had a drug addiction. And as I started to say that and started to be quite just vocal about it, um, and it was that was scary. That was so terrifying. Um, I was asked to speak at a um, like a a concert that was about hope and possibility for people and families experiencing um, drug addiction, and so I just my my mantra back then was <laughs> um, just say yes. Like when opportunities come, just say yes. And I was all about just say yes regardless of how I felt. But when an opportunity came my way, I just said yes. And then this opportunity came up, speak at this concert, thousand people, there'd be a couple of celebrities there. Um, So I said yes, and then honestly wanted to puke my guts out. Here I am at this event and uh, Sir Paul Holmes, if anyone is from New Zealand, and uh, remembers the incredible Sir Paul, Sir Paul Holmes. So he was also going to speak at this event. And I remember meeting him. Anyway, we were out the back on of the stage, and um, I was just about to be called on. And I, ca- I can't even explain the amount of fear that was in my body. Like, not only was I about to go and step and just speak in front of 1,000 people, I hadn't built up the capacity to do this at this stage. Like now speaking in front of people, even though I still get anxiety and I still have self-doubt, I've built up a lot more confidence underneath because I've just been doing it for 10 years. Like it's a little quick side note, that's actually what happens when we continue to put ourselves in the arena. I don't find that the self-doubt goes away, but I find that the confidence builds up underneath. Like I've got a huge confidence muscle now a huge capacity to do big things now because I've put myself into hard situations so often that I just see the self-doubt and the fear for what it is. So the self-doubt and the fear sometimes are still there, but it doesn't have me by the balls. Anyway, I did not have that capacity at this point. I was standing there on the side of the stage. I was terrified, shaking. I wanted to throw up. And not only that, I was speaking publicly about being an ex-addict addict with crystal meth. And not only that, is that this was in my local community with people from my local community in the audience and my mum and dad. And, and um, at this point, I had a pretty decent position at the hospital as a registered nurse. And there was people from the hospital community there. And I just felt everything from tear from terrified to shame so much shame was coming up like oh my god this like I was really grappling at this point with shame around my 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 past I now don't feel that at all I feel a huge amount of pride in where I've been and what I've come through and who I am as a woman as a result of everything I've been through but not in that moment at that moment I was grappling with shame in a large way. And so I, (laughs) good Lord, um, they called me on and I went to walk out and it just got so overwhelming that my body turned itself around without even thinking. It wasn't even a contract. It was like a reflex. I turned around and walked back to the side of the stage. I couldn't even walk out there. And I just 
burst into tears. And then Paul Holmes, Sir Paul Holmes, beautiful human being um, that I got to know after this, um, gave me a hug and um, asked if uh, I would like for him to walk me out. And he said that he was proud of me. And um, so we, he walked out with me. And I stood there and, and spoke and, and did it. And the, the only thing, the only thing that got me out onto that stage, given the level of fear that was pulsating through my whole system, was I just got present to one person. And I thought to myself, if there is one person in this audience that needs to hear what I'm about to say, and if it would make a difference to that one person, then it's worth just feeling afraid. And so I did it because of that, and that is the only thing that got me out on that stage, was that thought of that one person. Now, of course, the ripple effect was huge. I heard back a lot of feedback for what it did, but my point of this, point of this is this, is that we can be so scared and it's normal to feel scared when we're doing things that we haven't done before. That is a normal thing to feel. It's normal to have thoughts of self-doubt when we haven't done something before. And we're doing new things and we're doing hard things. So, but the thing is, if we keep ourselves back because we believe the thoughts we're saying, because we're not willing to feel sensation in our body and do it anyway and to do it scared, then that is always going to be the ceiling under which we live. And the only thing that's got me to now is just by doing hard things and doing them while I'm scared. Some people know that for many years, for about three years, while I would speak on stage, my head would turn to the left. <laughs> okay, now, some of you are listening going, okay, now she's a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, and it's bizarre and it's weird. And the first time it happened to me, I um, was crying. But yeah, there was, I guess, so much. And the only thing I can come have come to fig, had come to figure out at that time was that I guess there was just so much um, fear in my system back then. And you got to remember, you know, I was really overcoming an extreme amount of social anxiety, but pushing myself through it anyway. Is that when I'd be up on stage, my neck would just start turning my head to the left. And it um, happened like that for a, for a number of years, and it was um, just, it would really, really, really distract me. Um, but I just kept putting myself in there, and I kept doing the work, and I kept showing up, and I kept, um, as much as what I could, supporting myself through that process. That over time, what happened is I started to, well, I started to do one of two things. On one hand, I started to actually develop the confidence like I started to get so much experience that confidence comes with experience. And what we often do ourselves the disservice of is not, well, what I see a lot of people do themselves a disservice of is that they don't put themselves into the arena where they would 
actually get the experience enough that it would then develop the confidence underneath. And then so they think to themselves, well, they're not confident. Well, you're not confident in that area that you want to be confident in because you haven't put yourself in the situations of actually showing up there that would then develop the confidence. Confidence comes through going first, through experience. But if you're holding yourself back from the self-doubt, then you don't get to have the experience that would develop the confidence. So if this conversation has resonated with you, then you are going to like this. So I'm just about to open up a free mini group coaching program, and it is all about activating inner leadership for women who know that they are called for more, and it's time to move past the stuff that's holding you back and actually be the leader that you know you're born to be. So I am so excited about this. This is a, an offshoot of She Live event. So, um, and it, this, this is going to be free. It's going to be a free mini group coaching program. So if you want to uh, be in on that as soon as we open doors, head over to my Instagram at Kate Marie O'Brien. Send me a DM there and say, hey, look, Kate, I want to be on, the, on that free mini group coaching program and we'll make sure that we get you on the list and let you know as soon as doors are open. Uh, and we'll be working together over a number of sessions to really strengthen your inner leadership muscles and have you playing at the level that you're capable of. I will see you over there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now, find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and take them head on. It's taken me to another place. Yeah. I'm just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.